So Spencer, what? You've been writing. We haven't we no. haven't spoken in person in what feels like years. Yeah, it feels like a long time. Like a week. Yeah. <laughs> but it was like at the end. It's like it was at the beginning of one week and at the end of this week. Yeah. I suppose you're right. I've been doing a lot of writing. That's good. I got a bunch of feedback so far from my beta readers on my story. Yeah. Some good. Some not so good. Oh, really? Yeah, the one I just got looked like it might be ripping it apart. I don't know. I didn't read through it all, but we'll see. The other person really liked it. Like I said, I'm at the halfway point right now, and it, it seems pretty good. I'm enjoying it. Well, I'll have to go through the notes and see what's up. Yeah, they might not be legitimate. And it depends. Like, are there people you know, you're actually just able to find, like, people online that, you know. It's just people on Twitter that volunteered. Oh, cool. Just interested in reading it, so I will check it out, and that'll be fun. Other than that, I went over one of Ashley's stories, so I had to give him a bunch of notes for that. So that took like, like all yesterday, well, not all yesterday, whatever day I did that, that took like a couple hours to go through, because it's a long-ass story, you know, like 10,000 words, so he didn't really need much, like, there, it was just like, kind of like what I do with you, just like mostly like some grammar stuff, and maybe a few, few wonky parts here or there, but then again, some of these beta readers, man. Like, this, this is a fucking list. I mean, goddamn. Wine. That's part of the game. Yeah. You just have to, you have to go through those and see which ones have merit and which ones, you know, don't. Problem is, I just want to be done writing the story, you know? Yeah, there's that. I mean, there's, there's that uh, old thing about, like, you know, an artist's work is never actually done. It's just that you got to get it to the point to where you're comfortable with getting it out there. Yeah. Because the... The more you work on it, the higher chance you might end up fucking it up at, you know, the more you do to it. Yeah, you, you can overdo it, and then it's just terrible. Oh, fuck. Ooh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Came from my guts. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that picked up. If that did, that needs to be the opening. <laughs> just like that gutter. Just <laughs> the belts from the deepest depths of my soul. Yeah, but that's all I've been up to. I don't know about you, but nothing too eventful. No, I've just been trying to focus on the nut murder. Oh, well. Yeah. Easier said than done. Yeah. <laughs> hey there, folks. You are listening to the Drunk Pen Writing Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb James. With me today, back in the flesh, Spencer, the Lithuanian Lobster Church. That ain't right. That's not what I wrote down. No? Let me check my notes. That doesn't even make sense. Like, what the fuck's a, Lith- a lobster? According to my notes... Nope, that's that's something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a little better. Not really. The Lithuanian Lobster Lover. Oh. Uh, uh. I, I, I feel the Cairo... Crab something or other would have been better, but yeah. lobsters are like crab hoarder or something. Who comes up with these things? Mm. Fucking goon! That guy's fired. I wish I could fire myself sometime. You're fired. Oh man! Even though I'm sure some people might be sick of this topic, we have to go back for a third round. <laughs> we covered it with Bill Maher and his take on his awful take on uh, comic culture and people being grown children. And then, we didn't, like, de- dedicate a whole episode to it, but we discussed Scorsese's Marvel being, like, theme 
Well, and, the, and those are kind of like two different things. Bill yeah, Maher was more of like the culture of of comic book like lovers or just pop like gen- genre people in general. Um, this is more just on Scorsese's was just more on the just the movies themselves. Yeah. Nothing like against the like the fans or anything like but that. But why I brought them br- why I brought them both up is because Alan Moore yes ties the knot. The great legendary wizard himself. <laughs> Just stirred up all kinds. He stirred up a real hornet's nest on the internet with this. But I, surprisingly... Did anybody give a shit, really? Does it, does anybody, a lot of people agreed with him, actually. What is it? I just I can't imagine that many more, that many people are actually giving a fuck about what Adam Moore has to say about anything, really. Like, whoa. <laughs> Sorry, I accidentally clicked off the picture and clicked on a really weird picture I had saved. That <laughs> just it threw me off. It's like, what is that? Oh yeah, it's like a Barbie doll making a stink face, and it says she looks like she farted in the box, and I found, and it finally hit her. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just start this episode off by reading what Mr. Alan Moore had to say about comics and comic culture and comic book movies, and where, he, it, uh, where he's made most of his money from. Yeah, that's. I mean, I guess who better to speak on the matter than the man who not only is a legend in the industry, but has a lot of his move or stories made into movies so i mean i guess he has a a toe in the game a little bit but oh man this is deep Mm. buckle Mm. in folks how much of this did you skim over i'm gonna be honest like i sped right through a lot because like once i saw it like in the you know in the in the message that you showed me and then once i like zoomed in to get into like that is like so much it's only one paragraph but, like, it's that Alan Moore of, like... A whole page is a Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. And just, like, the wordage and the way he says things is just, mm. it's a chore. Yeah, I'm going to fuck up some of these words, probably. Uh, and I'm not going to use a British accent. I'm just going to use my shitty American accent to uh, read this. So, if Alan Moore, you're listening, I know you are. I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. that uh, my awful Pennsylvania, Pittsburghese-style accent fucked up your... Yins. Your uh, verbose verbiage. <laughs> All right. This is what Alan Moore had to say on the topic of... Uh, I forget what he was asked. Like, just the comic movies in general, I guess. Like what he, I think he was asked about Scorsese's opinion, but this is what how he elaborated. I think the impact of superheroes on popular culture is both tremendously embarrassing and not a little worrying. While these characters were originally perfectly suited to, stimulate, to stimulating the imaginations of their 12 or 13-year-old audience... Today's franchise Ubermensions, I don't know what the fuck that is, Superman, I guess, aimed at a supposedly adult audience, seem to be serving some kind of different function and fulfilling different needs. Primarily, mass-market superhero movies seem to be abetting an audience who do not wish to relinquish their grip on A, their relatively reassuring childhoods, or B, their relatively reassuring 20th century. That's an interesting one I want to get into. The continuing popularity of these movies to me suggests some kind of deliberate, self-imposed state of emotional arrest, combined with a numbing condition of cultural stasis that can be witnessed in comics, movies, popular music, and, indeed, right across the cultural spectrum, the superheroes themselves, largely written and drawn by creators who have never stood up for their own rights against the companies that employ them, much less the rights of a Jack Kirby or Jerry Siegel or Joe Shuster would seem to be largely employed as cowardice compensators, perhaps a bit like the handgun on the nightstand. I would also remark that, save for a smattering of non-white characters and non-white creators, these books and these iconic characters are still very much white supremacist dreams of the master race. 
In fact, I think that a good argument could be made for D.W. Griffin's Birth of a Nation as the first American superhero movie and the point of origin for all those capes and masks. Whew. That is, uh... That's a lot to unpack. He pretty much just shit on every part of it, including the like the original creators kind of calling them cowards. Yeah. Because they wouldn't stand up for their rights, I guess. But, I mean... Those guys had a job to do, and if they didn't do it, then they're just, they're just fired. They get somebody else to replace them. Well, that's even like that now. Yeah. I mean, it's work for hire. You're not everyone is an Alan Moore or a Frank Miller or a Neil Gaiman. Like, not everybody is able to just create how they want with impunity for... And even all those, like, most of those guys, their big things are from, from other... You know, uh, a property or own from a uh, own from a company like yeah, like Frank Miller's Daredevil. Like you know, that was around before Daredevil was around before Frank Miller. It's around Alan after Moore. Fra- didn't he do Swamp Thing? Yeah, I mean, they didn't. These guys didn't start off with their own original creations. They started with something else, and then they worked their way up to whatever they you know, like Frank Miller, for instance, with uh, Sin City. Um, let's see where. Uh, how about we just go right from the beginning here? Yeah, the. Uh, he, which I found odd for the guy who created Watchmen, which is very adult-themed, mm-hmm. says that comics, which were originally for 12 or 13-year-old audiences, he kind of, like, pigeonholes it as that's what they should be for. Yeah. Like Almost c- the Bill Maher bullshit, that it's for kids. Like, they can't, like there can't be adult comics, even though that he... Created m- some of the greatest adult yeah. comics ever. I mean, what are you talking about, guy? If, any, if anybody if anybody knows the the wide branch of audience that that the medium can pull in, you'd think it'd be that guy. Yeah. See, I, I don't know. That's a little murky here because he says originally perfected, perfectly suited, or originally perfectly suited for stimulating the imaginations of twelve and thirteen year olds. So I guess he's not necessarily saying those were for kids only, but he's saying they were aimed at kids. Versus now, he's saying that they're aimed at adults but like adults who can't outlive their childhood or outgrow their childhood and again i mean that goes into the the whole debate we had before about escapism yeah and when is it a little too much when maybe you should uh pull it back and you should kind of face your problems in life versus i just want to go see a fun movie yeah and i mean like especially like the like the marvel movies they just kind of replace like the action movie like, you know, How are Marvel movies really different from old-timey westerns from the, you know, like the spaghetti westerns of the 60s? They're all just fun or, movies. Or even like... Detective like, like, movies. Or like Die Hard or any yeah. of the Sylvester Stallone movies, like that kind of stuff. It's just, they get, they're amped up now because, you know, just the kind of, the, the, the setting of the story, but they're all basically the same thing. Every generation's had their escapism movies. The 80s, it was the shitty kind of action, you know, the Stallone and, uh fucking uh terminator type movies like you know th- it's all escapism um not everything is the godfather not everything is uh you know goodfellas or one flew over the cuckoo's nest mm-hmm. not everything is like fine cinema and that's fine sometimes you don't want a message in your movie necessarily you just want to have fun and we've mentioned this before in other episodes but like there's only so many stories yeah you can- there's, only, there's only there's so many stories you can you can tell to so you just gotta spice it up a little bit, you know. Um, Throw a guy flying around in a mech suit, blowing things up. Yeah, I mean, I get it, especially with, since Disney Plus just came out. I can, re- I really am getting kind of irritated with the whole nostalgia bomb. 
Oh. Where everyone is just like, oh, Rugrats, oh, or whatever the fuck it is, you know, Disney Channel. Gargoyles. Yeah, Gargoyles. Gargoyles. X-Men and all that stuff. It's fun, and I don't mind look Fucking goddamn Apache helicopter's back. It's Charlie. It's Charlie. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. We need to just play an overview. Just... Yeah. Oh, no. Like, just screams. We'll let that pass. So anyway, I got my stuck, my fucking, I don't, I don't want to say a bad word, but my member, <laughs> I got, I got it stuck. Yeah. Guess, guess what I got stuck? Oh, wait, helicopter's gone. Okay. <laughs> um, the second part of this, after the whole, ch- you know, no, I want to go back to the nostalgia thing just more. I agree to a degree. Mm. I feel, I just want to say it like this. I agree <laughs> yeah, to a degree. You're trying no. to be witty there. So. <laughs> I, I just feel that, uh. The nostalgia is a little overplayed, obviously, with all the reboots and shit. But they would, everybody complains about the reboots. They'd stop making fucking reboots if people would stop going to see them. Yeah. That's the problem. And then with all the, uh, like the Disney Plus and stuff, bringing back all your shows from your childhood. Yeah, it's fun to kind of relive or have, oh, you know, I'm going to have an old Nickelodeon night or something. That's fun every once in a while. But you definitely shouldn't be stuck in there. And like what he's saying is people are just unwilling to let go of their childhoods. In a way that it's probably stunting their present day selves. And I can kind of see that because I know a lot of people who are, that's all they talk about. You know, it's like it goes back to the Al Bundy glory days of high school. Yeah. The football, you know, the greatest quarterback in yeah. whatever school he was at. And it's like, I don't, yeah, you, you talk about your glory days, but you're still alive. Mm. You can have more glory days. You can still, you're still doing stuff. Especially when none of the glory days weren't that glorious. Yeah. I mean, I know like some things suck now, but. I mean, why can't you just keep the ball rolling? Like, you enjoyed things when you were young. Why is it that you're so focused on those same things? Like, come up with some new shit. Find new things you enjoy. I mean, I do that all the time. But some people are stuck. But I don't think it's to the degree that he's saying. Or like Bill Maher, where it's everybody that sees Marvel movies is stuck in their childhood and just want to be little kids again. No, you just, like, for a couple hours, you escape. And it's good. It's like... and. It's a good good thing to have for the people who like who have who have children who can like hey kid my person that came out of me this is the stuff that I watched this is what I was into whenever I was your age now I can like I can enjoy that with you too for a little bit which is what humans have been doing since the beginning of history yeah. You know, fathers used to take their sons fishing or camping, or they would do Boy Scouts and think, not do Boy Scouts. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> depending, depending I say kind of, I mean, you get in trouble a lot. But, you know, take them to Boy Scouts and stuff because that's what they did when they were a kid. You know, the mo- uh, model car building and shit. Yeah. It's just evolved because technology has evolved. That's all. Because I mean, what I did when I was a kid well, isn't going to be the same what kids have now. Well, I mean, and like, uh, like how many times has like Kevin Smith said like he got his love of movies from his dad, who would like take him out of school and see like random matinees of things that he shouldn't probably be seeing. But it was like, hey, don't tell yeah. your mother. But like, and if it wasn't for that, like, who knows if we would have went that way? Yeah, that's I just uh, and it's like as long as you're. Are paying your bills, going to work, being a productive person of society. Who am I to give you shit if you go and spend like five hours at home watching Rugrats reruns? If as long as you're doing the things that you know, taking care of your your family and like that kind of stuff, well, who am I to like you know get on you for that? Well, I want to shit on a certain fan base in a second, but before I do that, 
What about people that play like Magic the Gathering as adults? Are they childish because they enjoy board games or something? I mean, what about people that play video games? Yeah. Oh, you you can't outlive your childhood because you're constantly playing video games, even though you can make millions of dollars doing that. Yeah. Now it's a legitimate job. And uh, who'd have thunk? Here, here's the fan base I want to shit on: sports fans. Yeah, it's the fucking same thing. I oh. was shitting on sports fans for Alan Moore. It'd be fucking football or cricket or some dumb shit. Not oh. American football, yeah. soccer. But uh, you, <laughs> or well, he's into wizarding. So you're a wizard, dude. Yeah. You're a fucking <laughs> kid. You're a grown man thinking you're a wizard. Come on. Oh, trust me. As a guy who is both an avid comic book lover. And a wizard. (laughs) And a wizard. But who also, you know, spent like three hours with with 11 other grown men, most of them that I've known since high school, and picked a fancy white roster of, of, you know, of a football team, like... Trying to who who's gonna do good this year? Who who who's that's just as nerdy as anything else. And again, most of us that like sports, we got that from our dads or our family or brothers or something like that. So to say something's childish and something else isn't is a little that's a little ridiculous because I mean, look at it; it's all entertainment. It's all the same things. But what I also want to focus on is the second part of that statement where he says. you know, they don't want to relinquish their grip on their childhoods, but they also don't want to relinquish their grip on the 20th century. That's an interesting one because obviously we're at a impasse that a lot of people in history, you know, only certain groups of history go to yeah. the next yeah. millennium or fucking whatever it is. It, it is hard to, uh, I mean, I guess I, don't know, I can't say it's hard. You don't know any different, but to go to another century and... Uh, then you look back on the past. I mean, is it really that different than if you were just born in like the '60s or something, and you, you know, you got to the '90s? I don't, I don't really understand that point. I mean, is he saying that? I, I understand like '90s nostalgia or '80s nostalgia. Like if he was just talking about that, but he's talking about the whole century, the, the 20th century. I mean, we're not sitting here fucking reminiscing about prohibition or yeah. the Great Depression or, or cars, World War One. Ca- cars you have to crank to get going. Yeah. Like what about fucking? Uh, you know, war porn, like World War Two movies or World War One movies that are popular every year, even yeah. though World War One is over a hundred years ago now. Yeah. And uh World War Two was what? Oh, about an eighty or going on ninety years ago. Yeah, forty, so it's almost yeah. fucking ninety years ago. Yeah. I just uh I I don't at that point it it, it doesn't uh, hit with me too much as the other one. Oh, the the creators thing. I mean, we kind of already touched on that, but I didn't really understand why he talks about the creators being cowardice. Is, is he saying we're cowardly, though, and that's why we envy these superheroes that can do things we can't? Maybe, and and I think this kind of goes for this whole statement. I think Alan Moore is basically just talking shit because, like, there's always those stories, like, you know, like he did, he you know, he didn't collect his check from the Watchmen movie, or any time DC tries to put out a new printing, and like you know, and all of this stuff. Every time they make one of his stories into a movie, he doesn't take the paycheck and stuff like that. Mm. So I think like, I kind of have a feeling like he is because he doesn't do that, and then other people will do that or don't have a so or so confrontational about that kind of stuff mm. that he's trying to shit on them because they didn't do what he did or, or how he does his, his right. thing i think this is about modern creators too because I, I i misread that well i didn't misread it i just misspoke he uh he said largely written and drawn by creators who have never stood up for their own rights against companies that employ them much less the rights of jack kirby C. Well, C. Schuster. who so, who 
anybody working in any job stands up to the company that they work for. You get shit canned. Yeah, like you, there's you have to take a certain amount of shit. The only recent thing that uh, kind of made me a little bit happy was within the whole staff of Deadspin because a company came in and like some fucking lawyers or something came and bought Deadspin. Which I don't know if you ever read Deadspin articles. It was like a sports site, but they also write about other stuff. Yeah. I don't remember if it was uh, they wanted to get politics out of the writing or social justice stuff or whatever it was, but the new owners didn't want them. They just wanted to write like formulaic, and uh, the whole staff, editors, everybody just fucking walked out and quit at once. Nice, done. Company's over. That's what we need more of when it comes yeah. to that shit. So I, but can you see like, you know, everybody that working for Marvel Comics being, like, no, we're fucking done. You guys are treating us like shit. All the writers and stuff, we're done. No, because more guys will just yeah, yeah they're just, they're just, yeah, just by other people. You know, they're Spencer just Caleb, move on. Yeah, up. <laughs> yes, please, guys, stand up for your morals <laughs> yeah. so I can get a job. I would really appreciate it. Uh this next point what is... What fucked up thing am I going to have Spider-Man do this week? <laughs> this, this next point is a little... Uh, well, before I get to that, we'll go to the non-white characters and non-white creators. Um, that's just I mean, that ties that's, into the next point. But, that's just beating a dead horse at this point. I mean, obviously, everyone... And, and it's starting to change now, but obviously that's been a problem throughout history of comics has been lack of diversity. Uh, but at the same time, it was just like... You know, white that's, dudes write you're writing and creating them, and that's just what the industry standard was. But now that the genre has finally exploded to mass audiences, we are getting and, and that's with everything. I mean, that's with movies, that's with novels, or writing on television, or acting. Like, therefore, there was a, a certain standard, no matter how if right or wrong it was. And then as the time moves on. You know, like, oh, wait, women can do this. People of different colors and mm. races can do this. It's just, it just, it takes a while to get there. I mean, it sucks that it took that long to get here, but mm. that's, I think, because that, that, that also shows how much that he hasn't, like, when was, I want to know the last time Alan Moore even, like, read a comic. I would really like to know that as well. Especially um, from, like, the big two from Marvel or DC. Because mm-hmm. there's, like, there's a lot of women writers now. There's a lot of different, uh, um, ethnicities, you know, writing and yeah. drawing and, and, you know, doing different work on the books and stuff like that. Well, would he, does he have contempt for your Neil Gaiman's and Frank Miller's because they're closer to his era, but they're white males. Yeah. I mean, is he, is he fucking, does he talk shit about Todd McFarlane? What about like more modern writers like a Brian Wood or Brian K. Vaughn? Does he shit on them because they're white dudes? I mean, I feel, I feel like Adam Moore just shits on everybody. No matter what, he's just what. a grumpy old dude. It no, seems ma- like. no matter what, no. And like, and I don't know why, because like, it, like, it's like I said, like, whenever, anytime, like, his stuff gets made into stuff, and he gets offered a check and stuff, and he turns it down. So it's not like any, like, from at least from what I've known, that anybody like tried to screw him out of anything. Yeah. It's just like he thinks that his work is so good that they can never match it, it or in anything. any other medium, and then he did, and then he that he did it in. That seems really pretentious. I would take the yeah, fucking check. They're making it anyway. Yeah, right? You stupid idiot. Um, this last point, I I don't even... It, I don't know how you can really agree with it. He says that he thinks that a good argument could be made for D.W. Griffith's Birth of a Nation as the first American superhero movie. No, I and don't. that's the origin of all capes and mass movies. And See, I don't know. I don't. Birth of a Nation is like the famous KKK movie. Oh. It's like a Ku Klux Klan movie. And it's about... 
I never seen it, obviously, but it's about most people probably haven't seen that shitty movie. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure that's what it was. It was a KKK movie, and it was about like white supremacy and the white race being the master race or some shit like that. But what is that? To, how is that the first superheroes? Because like, they dressed up in hoods and things and thought they were genetically superior to others. That still doesn't mean they were superheroes. Well, when did the KKK start? 1800s, probably. Oh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Let me look up Birth of the Nation real quick because I'm not well versed in that movie. Didn't they make a new Birth of the Nation that was like a... That came out in 1915. Yeah, they did. 2016, they made a Birth of the Nation movie. I thought so. I for, if there was controversy around that, but I don't think it was like the KKK shit. I think it was something else. Really? Birth of a Nation got a 98% of Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> wow. Got a 6.4 out of 10 on IMBD. Two families... A, Abolitionist Northerners, the Stonemasons, and Southern Lando- Landowners, the Camerons, intertwine in director D.W. Griffin's controversial Civil War epic. No, it's a Civil War movie. But I'm pretty sure it was very pro-white people. That was the issue. I, mean, I, think, I think everything back then, I'm sure, was very pro-white people. It made $100 million at the box office. That's crazy. It came out in 1915. I want to know why this has a 98% of Rotten Tomatoes. What do the critics have to say? What? You motherfuckers lampooned Dave Chappelle, but you gave Birth of a Nation mostly positive <laughs> reviews. <laughs> what do you do if you go and you look at the comments? First, the the first person that did a comment was Trump. It was just Trump. I really liked this movie. It was great. I liked how... Yeah. Now, again, I've never seen this movie. Yeah. It's about the Civil War and the rise of the Ku Klux Klan. But, uh... Maybe it's filmed and stuff in such a way it's just like, you know, kind of documenting like a World War One movie or something. So maybe it's not necessarily pro-super racism. Obviously, these people like it, so I don't know. But uh, from, I never heard anything positive about it. I thought it was just a KKK movie. Yeah. Either way, I don't see how that was. Uh, when was the first superhero created? When was Superman made? The th- 30s. 30, yeah, 30s. Who? When was the Ubermensch? Was that Nietzsche that came up with the Ubermensch, the Superman? I don't remember. Um, the who Superman was based on. Oh, yeah. I thought that might have been... Either way, I, I don't think Birth of the Nation was the uh, original superhero movie. <laughs> that no. doesn't make any fucking sense. Even if they were to pick... I mean, if you're going that genre or going that way of thinking, I mean, any movies around the same time that had fast fantastical elements could have been superhero movies of some sort. I don't... I, I, I don't understand that one. He just seems to uh, again, I hate think, white people, I guess. It, again, I think he just likes the sound of his voice when he speaks. Well, again, it's an Alan, or- Alan Moore interview, and I did not watch it, because I think it's just a written interview, so you don't actually watch it, but whenever, I, whenever I've seen Alan Moore interviews, like on YouTube and stuff, he, there's a way, like, he might have a smirk on his face when he's mm. saying certain things, yeah. or he might be putting a little inflection on certain things kind of because he's a fucking british dude right so yeah. he, he got that uh little bit of uh satire in him at the time so you can't really necessarily tell from the written text if he was serious on all those true parts. fair point he could have just been playing up the grumpy old man angle unlike a fuck face bill maher <laughs> who just is a sh- like He's the he's the worst out of them. I'm not into cancel culture at all, but I wouldn't mind if he got canceled. Yeah. Like, at least his show. I just I don't like his face. I never liked yeah. his face. Like, he looks so punchable, but he's just a douche. Even when I agree with him, I'm like I don't want to agree with him. Yeah. 
the main the main thing though like the main focus which we keep coming back to is the whole childhood and not being able to escape that and again it depends too like how how much time do you spend in the comic book world and what do you get out of it for instance if you're reading just archie comics or something and you know you have a huge collection but you don't have friends you don't do anything you just you maybe have a job but that's it you just work to pay for more comics then maybe you're pushing a little bit of a problem but if you're like you know most of the people at the book club they all have jobs yeah they all a lot of them have kids and families and they do things they go to baseball games just like everybody else yeah so who cares if they fucking like marvel movies i mean just to give some context to this as we were recording this before we go to a, go into a book, uh, I put the picture on Instagram. Yeah, I I I'm recording this in a huge nin, Ninja Turtle hoodie, like the like the, the mask kind. Not of just goes, a Ninja Turtle hoodie, and in the mask Ninja Turtle hoodie, you came in with the Ninja Turtle fucking beanie or what toboggan. Yeah, yeah. you came in with the Ninja Turtle T-shirt yeah, underneath. Yeah, you You're know, turtled out. Yeah, I am a turtled out. You goddamn child. <laughs> well. That's the wrong color green, though. I'm just gonna say that. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a very neony green. Yeah, it's not Ninja Turtle green. Well, if you look at them, a lot of time they they give them each total a different shade. Mm-hmm. Like some's a little brighter, some's a little bit darker. Just kind, of, you know. I think they help kind of difference them out. When what are you there, Donnie? No, Mikey. Mikey, were you orange? Yeah. Um, That's normally when in these kind of things, it's it's Mikey because everybody likes Mikey. He likes pizza the most, right? Yeah. Um, anyway, I'd like to hear what some of you folks have to say on this matter, if you want to send us messages or hit us up on Twitter or something, because I, then again, by the time this episode publishes, I'm sure the heat, what's our heat already died down, because it's Alan Moore. Yeah. He doesn't garner much, he would have to say something really extreme for anybody to actually give a shit, unlike a fucking Bill Maher. I'm surprised I haven't heard anything about him, like, trashing the new Watchmen show. I don't think he's a fan. I think he was bitching about it, actually. Well, I mean, he wasn't a fan of the movie, either. Yeah, but I think he was... If I remember correctly, I just read that he was bitching about uh, the direction they went or something. I mean, yeah. I mean, you think with them talking about the, uh, you know, the black... It wasn't the black race riots. Well, I guess that's what it'd be called when they they bombed Black Wall Street and all that stuff. Um, I think he'd be about that. Not bombing Black Wall Street, but uh, (laughs) about, like, the subject matter. But I don't think he... He's on his guys. Like, you can't do anything to his work without him getting shitty. No matter what... Because, like, the, the movie, other than the end, was basically... Watchmen. Yeah. Like, you couldn't as get it... As best you could make it because <laughs> of the book. And yeah. I think he hated it. Yeah, he fucking hated it. Without even fully watching it, I think, either. <sighs> like, you think just the casting of Rorschach alone would have been enough to make him like it. Yeah. I don't know. He's a he's a he's a character, and it's not like they shared away from Blue Dong or anything. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. It, I don't know. They went. I'm bringing up the Blue Dong a lot when I'm talking about Alan Moore for some reason. You didn't bring it up in the episode. You brought it up before uh, the episode. Okay. Because you wanted me to call you the Blue Dong for yeah. some reason. The uh, I don't want to go into that. You folks can check us out on the old Twitter at Drunk Pen Writing. Hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Pen Writing. And go to drunkapenwriting.com for all your needs of fiction, poetry, short stories, fucking articles, whatever we might post. And uh, thank you for listening. You have a fantastic day. Bye.